they're really good at doing this one thing and they're not really good at doing this other thing. Like, <laughs> let's, let's maybe do the things that they're good at and not do as much. I mean, we can obviously try, but like maybe mm. just don't do the bad things that they, do, <laughs> that they don't do well. Like it right. just seems like a no brainer. Welcome to my got a podcast. I'm Jim Wood. In this episode, John Powell and I review Georgia's 26-22 comeback win over Missouri, exactly as we predicted. As always, remember to check out store.mygotapodcast.com to see our latest merch. And you can follow us on social media at mygotapodcast. Finally, we'd love for you to check out our presenting sponsor, Oxia Time, at oxiatime.com. That's A-X-I-A-T-I-M-E.com. Now, let's join the conversation in progress. So a, a struggling game, a close game, just as we predicted, John. Yes, just like we predicted. It was a barn burner in, Col- in, in Colombia. <laughs> <laughs> did, the team, did, the team, did the team get in, get in to Colombia from Colombia? <laughs> so so uh, for those who, who, who don't know, the, the Georgia football official Twitter account uh, tweeted out that the team had landed in, and they spelled Colombia like the country. <laughs> Colombia. Colombia. Uh, Colombia. They, they, they did eventually delete that tweet, by the way. I noticed that. They, I was actually going to say, like, I never, never circled back on that. Like, did they ever, like, realize the error of their ways and redo it? They did. It took a while, though. It, it took, I, I think it, uh, it took a while. But it, they, I did eventually notice that it was gone. So some poor intern had to, like, Look at that thing like a thousand times. Be like, what's wrong with it? I don't understand. <laughs> why, why is everyone putting narco's gifts as a response to this? <laughs> uh, what would have been funny is if they had done that on purpose and then like had like the 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 sound like the the intro music from Narcos with the little guitar music. <laughs> I mean, I definitely I, I don't know. I love me some uh, Pablo Escobar standing by the empty pool and <laughs> on the swing. You know, I feel like that's a quality, a quality internet meme. I feel like it was a little bit of foreshadowing for how we felt about the offense. <laughs> it, was a good, it was a good tweet. You, you were like, did the offense go to Columbia? Like, what? <laughs> yes. uh, so I actually, you know, I didn't talk to you much during the day on Saturday beforehand. So I, I wanted to double check. Was your drive home like fairly uneventful, like tropical storm ish wise? Was everything okay? Yeah, dude. Uh, the way that that storm panned out, it didn't impact us at all. Like, okay, good. My dad was like freaking out about it. Like, hey, there's not going to be any gas, and I was like, eh, it doesn't look like it's going to be that big of a deal. And then, I mean, obviously, it was a big deal for those impacted. Obviously, so like, for, from where right. we were, it wasn't a big deal. Yep. Um, so yeah, no, there was no rain at all. Matter of fact, it didn't rain at all here. Yeah, yeah, it. Um... We actually had school canceled on Friday for the kids um, because we thought it was going to be so bad. And like at our house, it was fine. It was just rain and it wasn't even like crazy rain, but the winds were pretty high. There were some swirling winds. I had some friends like not in my neighborhood, but friends that live, I don't know, like 15 minutes away. had like trees torn down and stuff. So I guess it wasn't, it wasn't great here. I know like Raleigh got a lot worse than Charlotte, but I didn't hear. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, so it came back and hit everybody up, up yeah. the seaboard. 
Yep. Yeah. Other than other than the windy, I think it was a was it Tuesday or Wednesday. I think it was like crazy windy, like uh, the umbrellas on the beach, like got blown over and stuff. So. Gotcha. Okay. Well, as for the game, um, we did not start off fast like we were kind of hoping we would. <laughs> um, took a while to get going. Uh, interesting thing is, uh, and they actually said this on the broadcast. Um, it's the first time Georgia has overcome a double digit halftime deficit to come back and win a game since the Rose bowl. Um, so interesting stat there. Uh, Hmm. I suppose we haven't had a whole lot of double digit deficits at halftime since the Rose bowl either. I, I didn't go look like to see how many times it has happened, but, uh, so, I mean, it's a pretty big comeback. Um, I guess there's something to be said for that, uh, you know, fighting through it, uh, keeping your head in the game, and I don't know, finding a way to win. <laughs> it's what it's what championship teams do, John. Yeah, I mean, you just have a. So here's here's my takeaway from from the game, and I'm sure that I'm not the only one that felt this way. You're watching it the whole time, and you're like, it's. We're, we're gonna turn the we're gonna turn this around eventually. Like there was never really a doubt, and I think that the stats and Josh did a great job of of hashing out the the advanced stats on the game. Right, mm-hmm. the stats bear out how I felt watching the game. Like this was going to eventually be a win for us because it was just too obvious that we were doing so well against them for the score to be what it was. Right. Uh, now that said. If this game is a 20, <laughs> to go back to the British Bulldogs era of, of when he started watching UJ, if this was a game <laughs> in, in 2014 yeah. or like a 2009, um, you know, something along those lines, like the UGA has, has, would have lost that game under a different coaching staff. Um, yeah. Can I add really quick one interjection? Interjection. It's even happened under this staff. I mean, I, I I said that night like this was the 2019 South Carolina game, except we won. <laughs> right. Continue. Uh, because of the, are you saying that because of the because of the turnovers or like what? Yeah, like it, you know, we it was a bit of a. Although I guess we laid an even bigger egg that game than this game. Yeah. But that, game, was... that game, like you could tell that we were better. Um, although statistically this one may not line up with that one. Because to your point, like we did we did we really did dominate this game yeah, at the end of the game. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't yeah. I don't know that I don't know that maybe maybe if you go back to like Kirby Smart's first year, which you know is mm. whatever. Yeah, but yeah. Like an established coaching staff. Yep. Like with their players, their system, all all of the above, like established roots basically. Are, are laid bare here. And I do think that had this been a different coaching staff, like you go back to like Goff and Donnan and Rick, mm-hmm. um, I do feel like that they would have lost this game had it, had it been under different auspices. Um, but right. it's a testament to Kirby Smart and his staff and the, frankly, the players to turn things around in the second half and to, you know, basically become an, a second half team, which was great. Everything about that was was good to see. Um, I still think that there are some significant problems with this team that need to get figured out and they need to get figured out quickly because we have a much meatier schedule coming up. 
yeah. which, you know, you look at teams like, you know, a Tennessee, for example, like, mm. you know, I feel like that if you get that, you get two scores behind and you're only trading field goals with a team like Tennessee that may have a tendency to, you know, hit the big plays, um, you know, you, you start getting out over your skis on the ability for the offense to truly come back on something like that if they start getting out ahead of us. Like, I, I, yeah. what I'm saying there is I don't think that this team is built to come back from a substantial deficit, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I mean, like, just like had it gotten to 20, had it gotten to 20 points, like mm-hmm. if they had punched in some of those, you know, yeah. those field goal opportunities, like I'll give you, for instance, there's a matter of fact, the, the, I think that the biggest play of the game was a Missouri false start. You know, the Keely, yeah. Keely Ringo ran down that, that guy at the five yard line or whatever. And it was Starks, but I know what you're talking Starks, about. Sorry. Yeah. He ran down the guy on the five yard line and which holy cow, what a great tackle and ended yeah. up really like kind of changing the game in, in, a, in a big way. Because from that point forward, we had, you know, we, we stopped them. They, they had a false start and then they had, they had to kick a field goal there. Had, had that been like a touchdown, I think at that point in the game, it would have been a three score game. If I remember correctly, I can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah. I just remember thinking, like, man, that saved everything. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a huge like hustle effort play, and to see that again out of a true freshman um, was was impressive to track him down. And I mean, he tried to strip it too; like, he made a very good play on the ball. It was a good play. It was a good, it was a good recovery, you know, um, to not make a bad play into a disaster. I mean, because I mean, that could have been backbreaking. Um, mm-hmm. And by by the way, the guy that ran. That was running that one. That was the uh, the division two transfer that we talked about. Uh, so their you know their transfer running backs played pretty good. Um, they both had some like big gash plays against us. Um, you know, not a whole lot, I guess, out of the run game. Not quite as much outside of those couple of those. I think there was there's two long runs. Like they each had one long one. Yeah, um, as I as I remember from from Josh's breakdown, and you, you remove those two, or maybe it was Graham's breakdown on the twelve takeaways. Uh, you remove those two runs, and it's like their their running game really wasn't all that all that all that great. Yeah, I mean the the defense um, the defense I think overall played really well. Um, would like to clean up. You know, they hit the couple of long passes, which again, to your point, like I think Tennessee is a great one to to to, to, to point out as far as being concerned about the future. Um, you know, if, if these guys were doing that against us, although they did have, I mean, we talked about their receivers that they had, that Missouri did have some good receivers, um, mm-hmm. and we were hearing that Burden might not play like after we recorded, but then he obviously did and and played well, kind of showed why he was that that five star recruit. Um, but yeah, uh, but, but the defense, like you complete, like bend, but don't break style in this game. Right. I mean, to hold them to that many field goals was impressive. I'll say too, like we got to give, um, their kicker, um, Mavis, Mr. Robato. Uh, he had a pretty amazing <laughs> celebration after that one time, uh, with the one field goal. You got to give him credit. Um, I mean, he, you know, what a bounce back game for him after he missed what would have been the game winner against Auburn um, and was perfect against us and was drilling field goals. Uh, that 50, whatever, 55 yarder, I think, 
I mean, that would have been good from 60. Like that was, he absolutely nailed it. There was no, no doubt about it. Um, but, but to, to keep them, you know, out of the end zone so many times was, was phenomenal by, by the defense. Um, yeah, really you had like that one, you know, the, the touchdown pass to their tight end was a blown coverage. I don't know. I have, I, I, um, am awaiting the dogs central live film review. Cause I, I couldn't tell exactly what happened other than someone messed up between Tyke Smith, Chris Smith. Um, and I can't remember who else was out there. I think Lassiter, um, there was basically like, they're kind of, they kind of faked a screen and the tight end faked like he was going to block and then went out and it was, you know, no one picked him up. Um, mm-hmm. but other than that, you know, and then there was the two, the two deep balls. Um, I mean, there, there were concerning things. I mean, there was definitely bend, but don't break, but some penalties, um, the deep balls are a little concerning and we're going to have to, we're going to have to get that. We're going to have to get that cleaned up going forward. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think that it's just one of those things we just have to keep an, keep an eye on. I do think that, you know, we're, we're talking about this particular game. I had forgotten about, and maybe I, I can't remember if we discussed it or not, but Bullard being out for this game, mm-hmm. I wonder how much that changes things because he would have been at the star position and Tyke Smith was, was pushing him for playing time, obviously. But um, yeah, I do. Th- I do wonder if we had a little bit more experience in on those on those crucial downs. And and frankly, like as we move forward, like if if he's ever out or whatever, like are are people going to start to pick on Tyke Smith? Hmm. You know that kind of thing. I thought Tyke played. I mean, it was the first time we've really got to see him for a full game, right? And we've only seen him like in small packages and small doses. So I don't know. I felt like he held his own. Um, I have not rewatched the game fully. Um, I mean, yeah. he was the lowest graded defensive back that we had in the game. So I do think that that kind of, <laughs> he was good, but he wasn't like, you know, I don't think that he was off the charts good in comparison to the other players. Okay. Like I'd be curious to see like what Bullard's, great how, how bullard has graded out in, in his snaps mm-hmm. this season, you know what i mean yeah 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 fair fair um, um yeah so uh, other than that like yeah i mean uh, i would say i would say that i'm not worried about the defense in any way shape or form i mean to have the field flipped on you that many times and have yeah. the, the field position battle basically get blown up um on the first play first few plays of of you know, our, our offensive game plan, you know, I hate to say it, but like Kendall Milton needs to step up. Like, sorry, Chris, but like the guy needs to step up. Um, we, I I expect him, we've, we've talked about his ability to go between the tackles, like how he's an easy tackle, you know, the cutting ability that he has is not nearly what I feel like it, it was before. Um, I mean, he still ended up having a pretty decent game, but like, Dude, that fumble was absolutely like, especially after you broke off such a huge run and then to fumble the ball that way. Um, basically, I think it was in our territory, if I remember correctly, because it was like right <laughs> at the 50 yard line. And to have that just be the way that things started out, it was like, oh crap, here we go. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, it was like, uh, it wasn't quite as crazy, I guess, but it was like the, the start to the Kent State game, right? Where we're, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. And you're right that it started off with a bad taste, you know, last Kent state, it was the muff bunt here. It was that fumble. Um, it definitely didn't help. Yeah. I don't know what the deal is with Kendall because 
Um, you know, he, I mean, he was the second leading rusher in the game. So we did have 63 yards. Um, but he, there it's, it's things that I have seen him do before that he's not doing. That's what I want to point out. It's not that like he can't do some things. Um, when he was a freshman, he was like just breaking tackles like crazy running through people. And I don't, it, he's not running with, I, I'm going to say, I don't feel like he's running with the same like anger, I guess. Like he was like an angry runner when he was a freshman. Um, so I don't know if it's coming off of injury or, or what, but he just hasn't looked like himself. I feel like that's the best way I, c- I can put it. Um, I will say it was a surprise to see um, McIntosh in there starting. I think by the time kickoff came around, I think you know Kirby didn't give him the, the hopeful kiss of death, but we were hearing that he wasn't going to go. Then he goes out there and starts and led the team in rushing You know, on that bruised thigh and really mm-hmm. made some huge plays, um, had some big gash runs. Um, he was the guy we went to on the fourth and one. So on the first touchdown drive, you know, we had a fourth and one inside the five, um, which was, they were calling it fourth and one, but it was really fourth and two. And we ran that jet sweep. And I mean, it wasn't blocked for him to get there. Like he had to run through a guy um, to get that first down. That was it. That was a huge play. So I thought that was, that was good to see. Uh, I think Dejon Edwards, I mean, took all but one carry on the final drive of the game. We had, we, we did get the, uh, the Kirby death March, you know, uh, manhood stealing drive to end the game where we had to take a knee and it was pretty much all Dejon. On the yeah. Game. I, uh, that's definitely, it was going to be one of my highlights of, of this, this review was that given what I've seen from Kendall Milton, Given how Dejan has, has graded out, particularly in a in a game where nobody was doing well, I feel like that this staff would be egregiously wrong to not reward Edwards with more snaps in in future games, particularly on you know decisive plays. Matter of fact, there was a, I think there was a play, there was a there was a series of plays that ended up being a touchdown. Um, or it was it was a play that cleared out the way for them to get a touchdown or a first down or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. But they went to they went to McIntosh on like some kind of zone read or some kind of run up the gut and it didn't work. And then I think the next play or play after that, they went to Dejan Edwards up the middle. And like I, I described him as a as a little cannonball. The guy is a, the guy is literally just a cannonball. And there were multiple times when I was like, just give it to him in the red zone. Like when we had like, it was like right third and goal from the, you know, third and goal or something along those lines or like we needed a, a short gain. I was like, just, just hand it off to, just hand it off to Edwards and let him cannonball in there for, you know, three, four yards and yeah. punch the thing in. I think Kendall Milton actually ended up getting one of the touchdowns that I had said, like, I, I wish that they had just given it to Edwards because he did all of the hard work to get there. <laughs> How was that? Yeah. Yeah. Milton's was on the that first, um, the first, t- <laughs> our first touchdown of the game. <laughs> actually. Yeah. Um, yeah th- and yeah, for sure. I'm trying to think of that one. That, that was the one where McIntosh did. That was the, the drive. They had that fourth and one. Um, conversion with Macintosh. I, I did feel like the, the weird thing, you know, one of the questions that I was kind of texting about, like I, I felt like this was not Munkin's best game. Like we've, we've praised Munkin so much on the play calling. Um, we turned it around in the second half, 
but it felt like you know, the thing that we've talked about so much is like taking what the defense gives you. And it felt like the screen game, the short intermediate passing game was there for the taking mm-hmm. and we didn't do it. I'm not saying we didn't do it. We did it, but I felt like we didn't do it enough, especially in the first half. Yeah. That, that, and then like tough day for Monk and tough day for Searles. I think, <laughs> I think the, uh, I mean, the anti crowd got, got a lot of, uh, backing in this one. Here's the thing. Like at some point Monk and like Monk and just, just recognize her. If you're listening to this, that we all live to the Seals offensive lines from, <laughs> from, from before um, you'll have to forget you have to basically just fast forward to what happened and either leave him on the tarmac or just change the entire game plan around to fit what your offensive line is doing well and abandon the things that they're not doing well. And it seemed like, and this was, this was Graham's, you know, breakdown, like just talking about, and he has much better. I'm going to butcher the X's and O's and all that stuff, but like, they're really good at doing this one thing and they're not really good at doing this other thing. Like, <laughs> let's, let's maybe do the things that they're good at and not do as much. I mean, we can obviously try, but like maybe mm. just don't do the bad things that they, do, <laughs> that they don't do well. Like it just seems like a no brainer. It's like right. the perfect, it's like the perfect like businessman's like perspective. Like, okay, if I set you up for failure, that's mm. on me as a, as a leader, if, mm-hmm. if I set you up for success, then, and you still don't do it, then that's on you. It's interesting that you said that. Cause Kirby did say something post game about the coaches and setting the players up for success. So I, I like it. I, I do like to hear him say things like that um, and kind of take some of that ownership. Um, Cause I, I would agree. I think that's a perfect example. Yeah. That's the whole like zone scheme, uh, versus uh, gap scheme this is the thing Graham's talking about. So yeah, I'm not the one to explain that either, but that, that, that's what you're referencing, I believe. Yes, I think you're right, and it's it's over my head on what exactly that means. Yeah, um, good. But, good. Um, but yeah, the, they clearly started doing things a little bit better. Which you know, I'm glad that the offense started going because the thing that I was super concerned with when we had all those different turnovers and things like that I was like, man. I'd be interested to see like the snap counts as the game went on, went on. But like, mm-hmm. I felt like that our defense was going to be so gassed by the end, mm-hmm. but yeah. they were able to figure it out and keep the, keep the chains moving. And, you know, we, we, we were actually like, I mean, we did really well. Like you look at the stats and it's like, man, you take out some of those turnovers and, you know, frankly, some of the drops, which we haven't even talked about the dropped passes. Like yeah. I get it. Setson wasn't perfect, but like, I'm starting to wonder if these drops are starting to get into his head. Like, like, like it's me, it's my fault. I need to do more. So he's like sailing some of these balls to give them more time to run under them, to make them easier to catch or something. I I don't know, but like he's putting some of these passes on the money. Maybe they're a little behind or, but like I heard, I heard Jordan Rogers like critique Stetson a few times. I'm like, dude, like I get it. Like maybe it wasn't a perfect throw, but it hit him in the flicking like it hit him in the hands. Like you've got to catch that ball. Yeah, and Stetson. I mean, he got better as the game went on, right? I mean, so he was. I mean, you know, ten to twenty-four for one hundred forty-nine yards in the first half. Second half, he was fourteen to 70 percent for one hundred sixty-three yards. Um, and I think the the line wasn't doing Stetson any favors either. I mean, he had no. guy in his face, you know, like all night. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, he, you know, he wasn't totally lights out, but I thought he played a good game. You know, when, when Bryce young went, you know, I don't know when the five-star quarterback wins a game like this, you know, it's their will to win and things like that. And I feel like, you know, why should we treat Stetson any, any differently? Um, you know, not that he was, again, not that he was perfect. Like the whole zone read thing, you, you were totally right. You were texting me about that. Like Stetson read the defensive end, but he waited way too late to pull that ball from Dejon. You know, at that point, Dejon is assuming he's running away with the ball. And that's why that fumble happened. Um, mm-hmm. so I, yeah, that was, that was on him. Um, he, you know, he wasn't perfect, but I, but I think he was, I mean, he was good and it was, uh, you know, it's, it's, it was one of those like kind of defining type, I don't know, like teammate type moments, right. To be able to fight through that. Um, and I, I put that with him, with him as well. Uh, so a couple of things, one thing, uh, I think it was, uh, hate to see the way Jalen Carter went down with that injury. Like that should have oh that that been a penalty. But the other thing that kind of goes that I'm wondering how much plays into it is, you know, he was kind of at the helm of that whole pregame skirmish thing. So, uh, which I think Kirby has really said, like, that was disappointing. So I, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I'd rather them like, I don't know, like, cause our guys definitely were like walking amongst the Missouri players pregame and kind of led to that whole thing happening. So let's just not, let's not do that. I think we're better than that, but I agree. I really don't know what happened. It'd be interesting to see, like, you know, to get the full download on exactly what precipitated all that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Not, not that that excuses what the Missouri player did. I'm not trying to say that. Um, I, I'm wondering if it's related though. Like, I wonder if that was some kind of retaliation kind of thing is kind of where I'm going with that. Um, yeah, no, it definitely was. I mean, you look at the picture of it. It's like, dude, that clearly was on purpose. Cause like the guy wasn't like the block that he was trying to, throw on him was not even really going to be that effective but you could clearly see that the guy had like laid full out to to try to hit him below the knee yeah like in my opinion it was a nick Farrelly situation like i i don't i i tweeted about this um when i saw someone post the picture of that like i had i had looked at it and i was like oh well that, that kind of stinks but then the, you see like the the isolated photo that I think it was, I'm trying to think of who it was. I think it was Jake Rowe or something like that. Um, had tweeted out the picture and I, I, I grabbed it. I was like, yeah, dude, I don't care who you are. This is, this is on purpose. <laughs> they were, they were definitely sending a message to him. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's see. Um, we didn't give up a fake punt for my special teams notes, so that was good. <laughs> but we converted a fourth down. We like, converted we, a fake punt. Lost, lost in all of this uh, uh, is is Kirby Smart's like large large brass balls banging all the way back to Athens on that that play call because I don't believe I don't believe that anybody saw that one coming. I did not. And it, it was beautiful with Stetson as the holder, you know, that, that, that paid dividends on that play that he got to run that. I mean, and so, after all, and like how many times has Kirby uh, tried a fake kick and it not work? It was like, yes, finally Kirby. <laughs> there we go. Well, it wasn't Justin, Justin Fields wasn't in the game. No, no. Or and this, one, and this one was a designed run. This yeah, one was well, a designed run as opposed to a pass. <laughs> true, true, true. Maybe that's, maybe that's been the issue this whole time. <laughs> yeah, seriously. We need we need to have a uh, yeah. We need to have a a, punt, a, a holder that um, <laughs> we just lulled everybody to sleep with with Stetson holding, and then finally yeah. busted out something. Now now what he'll do like 
in, in desperation mode, it'll be like a pass play where he'll take <laughs> that run and then he'll, he'll unload a pass to AD Mitchell down the sideline. Uh, for sure. For sure. Uh, but yeah, dude, that was, that was crazy. I will say, uh, I will say that, um, <laughs> they, they actually played it pretty well. I think that he made a move. He like made a move on a defender and the defender like just missed the tackle. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, actually, I think, oh, well, maybe I have watched it back once. I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to remember like, was it, so was it kind of close to him getting stopped almost? You mean? Yeah. Um, gotcha. let me see. So there's a, there's a defensive back that kind of peels off. He, he, he like was, was on his block after after Stetson like picked up the ball and could have tackled him, mm. but it would it would have been an arm tackle. But like, okay, if he gets there like a split second earlier, yeah, I don't know. I guess the only other things I had uh, were that it was good to see Arian Smith actually get out there and like make a nice catch in traffic. Um, yeah, seriously. And then Don Blaylock too uh, had a really good game. So you know that, that was good to see him. Uh, making a pretty big impact. He, he had some pretty clutch catches where he was kind of snatching the ball out of the air. Looked really good. So yeah, dude, Dom, Dom was one of our highest graded wide receivers. Um, yeah. if I remember correctly. Yeah, he was great. He graded out at almost an 80, which was way better than, than the other wide receivers. Another guy that graded out pretty well was Darnell Washington. And those are two players that I feel like that, you know, Darnell played the game of his life in my opinion. Agreed. Um, I mean, that was probably his best game. So I feel like that he earned himself some additional snaps and additional playing time. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Blaylock earned himself some additional snaps and additional playing time because especially given the fact that, you know, some of these guys are dropping the balls. I mean, Dylan Bell didn't have a great night. Um, Lad, unfortunately, had one of his worst games again. <laughs> Can someone get the gag girlfriend? Um <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but like, uh, or maybe get the girl back. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He needs a muse. He needs a muse of some sort. Um, uh, uh, I didn't see, I didn't see in the snap counts. Actually, I should ask John about it, but did Branson Robinson not have any snaps? I could have sworn no, he had. I didn't, snap. I didn't see him in there. Not on offense. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was just uh Macintosh, Milton and Edwards. In this one, I mean, you, you wonder what you wonder what happened there, but um, I mean, I think it was the tightness of the game. Honestly, is my opinion. You know, I mean, there so? was no garbage time <laughs> in this one, so Fair. I think uh, that, that that's it to me. So makes sense. So before we get to reviewing our predictions, uh, did just want to remind everyone that season three of My Got a Podcast is being sponsored by Axia Time. Uh, Oxia Time is a custom watch company, and if you want to commemorate the dog's national championship in style, you've got to check out their Georgia national championship timepieces. Uh, John and I both have one, and we are really loving our watches. Uh, they are Swiss-made watches, and would love for everyone to go out there and check them out. Um, exclusively for our listeners, you can get 10% off these timepieces by using code Podcast at checkout. So yeah, we'd love for you to go check them out at oxiatime.com. That's A-X-I-A-T-I-M-E.com. All right, John. So let's take a look at the standings in coaches over-unders. 
So I'm not sure if you looked yet, but you have retaken the lead. Um, so in this game, you went seven and one on coaches over unders. So the only one you got wrong was one, something on the defense. And, um, I went five and three. So you've now retaken the lead. You are now 25 and 15 on the year with coaches over unders. And I am sitting at 24 and 16. So you've got a, it's like a one game lead. (laughs) Yes. Uh, awesome. Yeah. And so I'm coming, I'm coming for you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you coach for, for, for checking these for us. Um, you know, on, on our, on our score predictions, obviously we were way off. So <laughs> let's see how we, we both had us like in the forties. Um, oh yeah, we, that's right. We both had 45. I had 45 to 10. You had 40, 45 to 14. So actually 26 to 22, not exactly what we had. In not exactly. No, no, not at all. I don't think anybody anticipated, I guess now we have to factor in like, are we going to lay an egg and, in the turnover turnover battle (laughs) right right (sighs) oh man well you know um oh okay so one more one more thing i did forget to call out uh i've got a question for you john i'd like to hear your thoughts because uh i think i know how you feel about it i think i know how most georgia fans think about it but i saw some opposing fans claiming that uh that jamon dumas johnson chewing out kamari lasseter on the sideline was like a sign of um like player infighting. So do you know the, the moment I'm talking about? I, there were a few times I saw, I saw, I saw Dumas Johnson. Um, I saw him chewing out somebody actually on the field. As I okay. recall, I didn't even like, see that. There was one, it was on the sideline. Like after it was after the touchdown drive, I believe um, he was laying into Lasseter. So I might have I'd have to go back and look, but there was definitely there was a distinct moment because he's number ten, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So there was a distinct moment when I remember seeing him, like almost like a like that that Nolan Smith, like get your get your butt over over there. You're in the wrong position. Like I remember him like mm-hmm. like getting onto somebody uh, in the in the secondary. I wonder if it was Lasseter. Yeah, it was definitely Lasseter on the sideline. That's what I don't know. I, I've seen some opposing uh, some opposing fans kind of being like, "Oh, look at Georgia players fighting," but I don't know. Like, I liked to see it. Like, I, to me, that was kind of like a you know a Nakobe Dean type moment. You know, we've kind of been waiting to see who's going to be that field general, who's going to be lining lining guys up. And to me, it was a good a good sign of seeing Dumas Johnson starting to to really show that that leadership role on the field. So I was happy. I was pleased to see it. I do think that at some point there's going to have to be a reckoning between the players on who's in charge of this defense because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I hate to say it, but like you, we, we kind of questioned Jalen Carter's actions before the game. It's not exactly like a a leader doing those things. You know what I mean? Not to say mm-hmm. that he's not a leader, but like right. there's, I don't, I, like you said, I don't know, I don't know who's in that Nolan or that, uh, that Nicobe Dean kind of mold that's calling people out. I know we talked about Nolan Smith being that guy, but like, I'm not saying that he's not, but like it does seem like that there's a bit of a leadership vacuum on the, on the defensive side of the ball this year, which talking about replacing those, replacing all those, uh, you know, defenders that went pro is definitely something that we're, you know, having to work through, but Mm -hmm. 
replacing the leadership that was over there is probably the bigger question. It's probably the bigger issue with what's going on on the defense, even though like, I mean, how much, what was there? I think uh, the success rate for Missouri was like in the, I think it was below 20%. I want to say it was in the teens. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. It it was quite low. And and especially in the second half, I think they had what, like two successful plays in the second half or something like that. (laughs) Something like that. Two successful rushing plays, something like that. Oh man. All right. Well, I don't know. I like. I, I think. I think we're on the same page. I thought I was going to have to do more, like talking you off the ledge. You're much. You're much more. Um, you're. You're much more in the. I feel like in the right frame of mind than 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 I read from texting. Uh, I mean, shocking I, that texting doesn't give the full. I don't know that we necessarily gave the full justice of my disdainfulness for Stacy Cyril's <laughs> and the offensive line. I don't know that we spent enough time. We we we, we, yeah. we said that we were going to try to limit this this episode, Fair. Uh, because we are going to be recording uh, again. But you know, to 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 in my defense, like I <laughs> I did not I did not give enough credence to my concerns for the future for this offensive line. Okay. I've alluded I've alluded to it at multiple points throughout the season, like. Hey, we're not getting a big push on this third down here. Like, what's mm-hmm. going on? Oh wow, it's happened again. Wait, what's going on with our offensive line in these <laughs> short yardage situations? <laughs> now it's like blown up into this thing. Like, so yeah, yeah, the offense has been humming and clicking and stuff, but like I feel like they've been humming and clicking in spite of the offensive line's, you know, clear deficiencies. And I think yeah. that Missouri has basically laid bare a blueprint on how you can control this Georgia offense. And it's okay. simply, and it's simply just do a, a you got to bring the house. Yeah. <laughs> basically, yep. basically if you bring the house, do a zero coverage, like man coverage on the outside and like one safety up top, like just bring the house and just dare Georgia to throw it deep because until the wide receivers can start consistently catching the ball downfield until our running backs are able to showcase that they can break tackles Mm. Um, until Stetson frankly can show that he can hit the ball deep um, on a more consistent, on a more consistent basis. Um, I think Missouri is given, given the blueprint on how you can beat this team. Okay. Okay. We can, we can discuss that further when we preview (laughs) Auburn. Yes. Uh, all right. Well, you know, I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad you made it back safe and sound. Didn't, didn't run through any, uh, didn't have any troubles making it home on Saturday. That's good. Made it back in one piece and we're able to fully watch the game. So that was good. I was, yes. Just barely, just barely. Yeah. I, I, I got home and was just like beeline and unpacking everything. Gotcha. Cool. All right, man. Well, I'll talk to you soon. All right, man. We'll see you. Go dogs. Go dogs.